uh, larger companies, Google, all those guys have an 18 month major release cycle. Something large comes up to the degree that it might break your existing connectors. You have to maintain these uh, actual connections. They have to run on your servers and there's a cost of connect. And uh, the biggest cost is if there is a old school API you're connecting with, like for example, even Google contacts, if you want to know if there's a change in Google contacts, there is no direct API. You literally have to pull the Google API endpoint. And that's once every five minutes per user that you have. And that cost really quickly adds up, really quickly adds up, really quickly adds up. 90% conversational marketing automation discussion. Welcome to the marketing automation discussion. As usual, I'm your host, Alex Glenn, here to ensure you have the inside information on how to better your customer experience through automation. This month, we have spent a lot of time and energy on what's changing in the world of API integrations. Creating API integrations for your product was once a challenge and an enormous cost. Not anymore. Batteries are now included, as our guests would say. With today's options, you and your development team can focus your attention on your own product and turn on hundreds of native integrations at will between your app and hundreds of others overnight. Focus on your app and not on keeping up with changes in other APIs. That's the thing. This episode is for product teams and founders who are interested in a new way of productizing API connections from your own application to hundreds of others in your UI. We're excited to have the founder of Integree with us on the show today. So let's begin. So we spoke prior to starting this recording about your experience as a VP of engineering at a venture-backed startup over in Silicon Valley and having to manage a lot of Zapier accounts for startups. So I'd like to go into that anecdote first because it helps illustrate what we're about to discuss today. Can you first mention just a quick background and then let's go into that anecdote and then we'll start our discussion. Sure. Thanks, Alex. So yes, I'm an engineer and this is my fourth startup. And in my previous company, where actually I was an employee. I was the VP of engineering of a company called Convo. This is a venture-backed company, which is very much like um, uh, sort of like uh, Yammer or Chatter back in the day. It's like a communications and collaboration platform. So maybe about four years ago, we had this request from a number of customers that, hey, we want to integrate Salesforce with your application. And so we put up a team together. Uh, we are a small company. And so this took us a little bit of planning. And once we had this integration up and running with Salesforce, uh, our customers really loved it. And it sort of changed the pattern of how customers were using our app overnight. And it really unlocked the value. And of course, if you're a communication or a collaboration platform like Slack and so on, integration is really a core part of your product. So we went around, we asked customers, what do you want us to integrate with next? And we were careful in building this maybe list of 50 plus integrations. And when we looked down this line, it was a huge list of integrations that we had to do. So we took a chunk of that. We developed these integrations. Took us maybe uh, a, a year to build out the first 12 integrations among other competing priorities. And when we looked at the roadmap further, we had maybe 300 now in that list of apps our customers wanted us to connect with. And we thought this is crazy. We can be building out these integrations with each of these other applications. And so we looked around, and at that time, uh, Zapier was very popular, it still is, and we did an integration with Zapier. And so what would happen is that whenever we had a customer come in and they said, hey, do you have an integration with X or Y or Z? Uh, typically, we would find a way to 
have that on Zapier, and we just point them towards Zapier. And the problem with this was that most of our customers were not technical. They were using our product, and there were people who were who really loved our product the way it worked, and they wanted to just simply connect these two systems together in some simple way. And what we were asking them to do were, hey, quit my app, go to this other site, uh, sign up for another account, pay another service, and you know, figure out what a trigger is, what an action is, how the mapping works, and all that stuff. And so, and for our users, Zapier was the first time they heard about Zapier from us, and. What ended up happening was it was too much for them, the whole integration experience. So we ended up taking their username and password. Um, and the other reason why we ended up taking their username and password was that whenever a user of ours got stuck with integration, um, we, it was really hard to help them out. There was, there's just no way for you to help a customer who's using Zapier. So we literally asked for their usernames and password for Zapier. We'd log in and you know figure out the whole thing. We set up the whole integration. So we ended up managing these whole bunch of accounts of our customers and of these Zapier accounts. And so this was a really suboptimal experience. The other really key aspect of, of that experience was that we really cared about the user experience and sort of shoveling users away from our site, to, from our app to Zapier ended up sort of breaking the experience. And that whole Zapier experience wasn't really optimal and all that. But if you looked at our native integrations, they outperform any integration on Zapier by, at, by an average of 30 times. So as an example, we had integration with Gmail. We built an app in our, uh, by our own development team. And we also had an integration with Gmail through Zapier. And this is pretty simple stuff like, you know, an email comes in, we want that email to be posted inside Convo and, and vice versa, being able to reply to that and so on. And um, then the, and the Zapier integration started out first. It had a six-month head start, and then we built a native integration inside the app. And once the, an year had passed, we saw that the numbers were uh, 30 times more integrations would be set up in-app. And it totally makes sense, right? I mean, if you want to connect your app to Gmail, and there's a button inside your app, it says connect to Gmail right now. You click on that button, the authorization button comes up. Uh, the, uh, sorry, authorization dialog comes up. You click on that. It's just a couple of clicks, and you're done. Comparing that to Zapier, sort of uh, the whole process of leaving your site and going to the other site and figuring all that out is just so much friction over there, and there's a huge dropout over there. So we found that there's this huge gap in the market for B2B SaaS developers or any SaaS applications who want to have better, cleaner integrations. We looked around, we really didn't find a good solution in the marketplace, and that's where we quit our jobs and we started this company, Integri. And so that's sort of the genesis of, of where we came from. Since then, the product has evolved, the direction has evolved, but that sort of gives you a sense of where we come from. I think it's important to talk about the status of the industry today and where the different companies fit in. While Zapier has progressed a lot, Zapier started as purely a, a one-way connector, uh, the ability to trigger this action and have that update something in another application. You mentioned the issues where you will have to create zaps for every single action that you want to trigger anything. The industry today kind of sits in, I believe, five different uh, segments, right? So you have two-way connectors, you have one-way connectors, you have flow builders, you have data connectors like segment and funnel, and then white label solutions like what you are providing. You notice the void, you notice the issue, and you went about trying to solve the issue. And that's where Integri was born. You are very unique and we don't have to dive in. I definitely want everyone to check out Integri. 
But you and I are going to talk about the bigger picture here. We're going to talk about what's going on in the industry and what you believe is going to happen. So let's talk about the citizen integrator and where you see that role kind of changing over the next months or years. Absolutely. And so this goes back to your original point about defining the market and the players and sort of the segmentation over here. And this this market is really um, muddy in terms of the acronyms and all of that. If you look at Gartner, it defines this space as IPaaS, which is Integrations Platform as a Service. And uh, about maybe, uh, and this is really old, this is maybe a 30, 40 year space. This goes all the way back to something called the Enterprise Service Bus. This goes all the way back to the messaging broker and all that stuff. And you have incumbents in the space, whether that's MuleSoft, Dell Boomi, Informatica, all these larger uh, multi-billion dollar valued companies to these, um, all the way to these newer entrants. Uh, you have uh, companies which are B2C, like uh, you have IFTT or Zapier, which are directly targeting the end customers. You have this middle ground where you have companies like Mercado, excuse me, <clears throat> and Trey and Integromat, which are targeting teams at these larger companies or, you know, even the SMB space. Um, and then uh, and they're targeting specifically the citizen integrators, uh, people who they want to empower in connecting uh, in these systems and services within the company. We're a little different from that. We're actually, um, what we're doing here is that if you are an app developer and your users need integrator integrations, what we want to do is we want to first, we want, as you as the app developer, we want to empower you with making integrations is solved problem so that it's not something you want to think about again and again. And the way we're approaching that is we want to give you a platform where we have all these different, inter uh, these connections already in place and we keep adding these connections. And so once you connect with us, you have the ability to pull and push data from all these uh, connectors that we keep on adding to the system. Um, and, and, and for that very reason, we also have pricing designed in such a way that we don't penalize you per connector. So if you look at most of the B2B side of the spectrum, uh, they will charge by the connector. They will charge by uh, every point uh, they will send or receive data from. But we don't do that specifically. So we're of a hybrid approach here between the consumer end and, and the business end. Um, and, and, and part of the reason I mentioned before is that we wanted the user experience to be really good. And we wanted to empower teams uh, using integrations. Um, so let me sort of break down a little bit about the market here. What we want to do is we want, if you look at the typical way integrations are developed today in an in a app development company, there are two or three ways. If you're doing it in-house, you have then a engineering team which is implementing those integrations. You might have somebody from product. You might have somebody from maybe a customer-facing role like customer success or sales who say, hey, we need these integrations. They're asking for this. And so ultimately, it all comes down to product. Product defines how the final use case might look like. And then engineering does the actual implementation. And typically, this is at least a few months of an effort, especially if you're an early company, you don't have well-developed APIs, which is really common. And so eventually, you start ruling those out. It, it's a, a huge maintenance burden. And our philosophy on that is that you don't want to do that anymore. This is uh, integration sort of becomes a solved problem with platforms like us, where we already have these integrations. And we give you a large degree of customization. So you can just white label our technology embed the technology inside your app. And so your end users are able to now set up these integrations without having to program or do anything at your end. Um, so ultimately, once you add us inside your app, um, 
what we want to do is we want to shift the onus of creating these integrations from engineering to people in product, people in sales, in customer success. So for us, those are the, the sort of the, uh, the citizen integrations, integrators, so to speak. Um, so what, what will happen is that if you are a CRM and there's a person within the product team who understands that these are um, good integrations that we should make available to our end users, they can go ahead using our technology, using our visual slow builder, they can build out those integrations and they can just roll those out to their end users without ever having to talk to engineering, without having to run a deployment cycle, releasing code and all of that stuff. So that's sort of our positioning uh, in the oral picture uh, with uh, these different players involved. Great. So I want to unpack a couple things there. So the business model, and for those of you listening that maybe are not familiar, haven't gone deep into the different options for connections, um, you have the citizen integrator platforms like uh, Zapier, LeadsBridge. Um, but those two, just uh, if I stop there, those two have two different business models. Uh, in, uh, sorry, LeadsBridge will charge per bridge, per connection, right? Zapier will give you a certain number of actions, a certain number of events that travel through the bridges and they form their business model around how many of those actual events happen in a given month. Um, so two different business models. And then you have uh, your user uh, per user charge. So if a user commits a certain number of actions, Zapier will charge you per action. Uh, if a user travels over a bridge and it leads bridge business model sense, uh, you just get charged for however many bridges, it doesn't matter how many users or how many actions. Now we're talking about another type of a business model, which is the user per user business model, which I believe you guys are going away from, but that is the third business model. But that backs into the bigger question. So if we're talking to the founders and if we're talking to the CTOs that have maybe a budget around the technology and they obviously have development bandwidth that they have to consider and they have to have resources that they have to consider, and we're also talking to those those founders that are growing their company. Maybe they've hit product market fit. Maybe they have a small round of funding. But in any case, they have to be conscious about where to spend their development dollars. Do we spend those dollars building out these integrations ourselves? Or do we look to a third party? If we do, what are the implications? Absolutely. So uh, just to touch a little bit about segmentation here. So if you are a company, whether an SMB or, an, or enterprise, uh, you have these applications inside your company and you want these integrations to be done within your company, right? Um, so I, a couple of things I want to sort of uh, add here. What we do is we do what we call external integrations and much less internal integrations. But let me walk you through a scenario. I think we'll clarify this better. So about maybe 15 years ago, millennials started entering the workforce. And a typical example I like to give is maybe um, this person, Sally, and she's heading a customer experience department inside a healthcare company, right? And so the way millennials work is that they simply go and they pick up any apps that they want to use within their company or within, you know, for example, if they want to use Trello task management, they will not go and ask IT. They'll just pick up Trello. And so organically, they'll start picking up these apps. They'll pick up Trello, Asana, Zendesk, whatever they need to do to sort of build um, whatever apps that they need. And this is how typically millennials work. And for this, for this very reason, the average enterprise in the US now has 1,300 applications. This is not IT sort of uh, buying applications. 
and sort of picking up these up. Uh, this is the end users, the, the line users, the business users actually going up and picking these up. Now, if you fast forward, once Sally has 20, 30, 40 apps, she's got a, a whole bunch of apps which she now has to manage. And keep in mind, Sally's not really a technical person. She's part of um, the customer maybe uh, support and so on. And so typically in a larger company, she would end up either going to her uh, IT department and the IT deals with lots of salaries. Um, some of these are higher priority salaries. Some of these aren't really high priority. But what they will typically do is they will call in their prime integrator vendor. And that is typically Dell Boomi, uh, Informatica, all these larger companies. And once you're doing that, it's now going to take another six to eight uh, months to get these integrations in place. Uh, with 1,300 apps in place, uh, what will happen is that the integrator comes in. They start to figure out what your use cases are, what your business cases are. They'll start, you know, building uh, the quotation around that, the workflow and all that stuff. The problem with this centralized approach of IT is that that's not how today's users are working. They prefer just picking up their apps and start using it. We're even seeing um, individual employees putting in their credit cards on their own apps just to get the trial up and running and so on. So that's one, the older way. So as a reaction to that, we saw these companies like, you know, Zapier, Mercado, and all these companies come up where you simply where these companies are targeting these end users, um, sort of the citizen integration that we typically talk about. Now, in my view, the problem with these apps is that if you have 40 apps that you manage, then you, certainly you have a 41st app. There's another app that you have to now buy. You have to figure out how these apps work. And these apps are fairly complex. Uh, and I think that typically for a, more, for a typical business use case, we're just looking for a point-to-point -point maybe a workflow. Uh, this very quickly becomes complex and goes in over their head. So unless you're technically inclined, a lot of these workflows tend to become much more harder for a single person to manage on their own. So what Sally does is that she goes to the app developers, the people who she, whose apps they're already using, and she says, hey, you know, we're using your app, but what we'd really love is it, we want to adopt you more, but what will really help us is if you were to integrate with these other four apps that we're already using, or maybe if you guys can connect with these three local apps or custom apps that our enterprise is using. Now, the app developers obviously have to prioritize where to spend their calories on, right? They're a small operation. These guys aren't exactly integration experts, workflow experts. And so um, other than having something like Zapier in place or Vercado again, which is maybe some limited functionality, um, and for example, a lot of these enterprise rollouts require custom integrations as well, so what we do is we empower these app developers directly by giving them integration technology, which they can embed inside their app. And by doing so, what happens is that, A, they solve the problem of integration. So 90, 95% of the end users are just looking to connect two systems together, not a lot of complicated scenarios. Uh, for example, you know, if you have Salesforce and you are a CRM application, you want to connect these two together, you don't need a lot of workflow complexity to begin with. But at the same time, you want to have some way of graduating from this sort of single user within the company to multiple people using your app and having a more complex workflow with maybe two or three apps, all the way to something much more complex with compliance, with backup, with IT involved. And so that's what our tool set allows you to do. What it allows you to do is you can start off with just a simple integrate, just you know, connect Salesforce to my CRM. Just click a button, authorize Salesforce, and you're done. But then as things get more complex, uh, you can open up the interface, sort of the workflow builder interface, 
and you can customize that preset uh, integration that was built for you by the app developer's product team. And you can customize it a little bit more further. You can say, for example, the field mapping might be different. You might have uh, you know, a little bit different workflow. And then all the way to your, your requirements are becoming more complex and you might want to get somebody technical involved and you might just want to write code here. Uh, and you know you might have two directional thinking involved. You might have data importing involved. You might have data manipulation and transformation involved. And so we give this um, this gradual uh, this graduation process for your typical users. So uh, I guess this is a very long way of saying that um, if you buy an app today, we want the app to come batteries included, so that you don't have to buy another software for your integrations. So if you have a Trello, or for example, if you have Slack today, Slack comes powered with about 1,500, 2,000 integrations today. It's very rare for you to sort of having to, I mean, it, you can still, but it's very rare for you to sort of have to look for some third-party solution to integrate two apps together. And so that's sort of um, the 1995% case. And then if you little bit move up this uh, and you need a more complex use case, then uh, you need to have a little bit better uh, workflow tools that you need to work with. That's something which we give as well. And so that's sort of the path we see here in terms of who we're targeting and, and how this journey starts and how it logically ends. I love that statement of batteries are now included with your app. So one of the issues, the biggest issues with startups in the SaaS space specifically gaining traction with new users is the inability to offer the native integrations with the tools that they use every day. That is an enormous pain point. I have startups that I've been working with that have been uh, putting money aside to create their native integrations that they know they need to create. Um, I have other startups that have chosen to natively integrate with apps that uh, failed. <laughs> so that's sunk costs. Um, and uh, it's it's been a very, very, very big pain point. And I want to talk about real quickly, if we can paint a scenario where I am an app developer, I have a product, I have raised a little bit of funding, and I am a developer by trade, and I'm comfortable creating these, these integrations. And my devil's advocate role is essentially, well, I can just go ahead and spend a couple weeks and a little bit more time creating the integrations that I quote unquote know my target audience are going to use every day. And I'm not going to go with a white label provider because you just don't offer the nuances that I need in my integrations. And further, I just like to control that code. So whether this is or is not your target audience who you're going after with Integree, but maybe speak to me if I am that person and maybe tell me what I need to know about Integree to make it make sense for that use case. Absolutely. So that's a very typical conversation we have with technical people within our target market. Ideally, though, we like to talk with broad people, and but the technical folks are stakeholders in this conversation. And so there are multiple things to consider here. One is that, sure, you can definitely write uh, the integration yourself, you know, download those modules and start working over there. What, what, what you're sacrificing here is opportunity cost. Um, given there, there's limited time to market, given the resource constraints, that two weeks that you're spending on building an integration, you could spend that building your app. And since integrations, as far as we're concerned, is largely a solved problem, given the way we're doing our byte labeling, given so any scenario that you want, we're able to do that within our platform. As a matter of fact, because of our tools, you're able to do it much faster. 
So even if you were to have a very unique use case, which might just take you two weeks to do, you'll be able to do that in, in a matter of a day or two within our tool space, right? With our tool set. And so uh, we end up, A, we end up saving you time, which is, I think, depending upon the industry you're in, really important. And two, it's, uh, you're talking about one integration, but for example, today we have about 160 connectors. We're adding more. We're adding five to 10 connectors every week now. And so if you um, have any further integrations down the line, every, instead of you sort of having to pause, break away, and building those integrations, you don't have to worry about that. And thirdly, if you look at these connectors, um, the API changes are fairly rapid, uh, especially depending upon who you're talking with. Uh, larger companies, Google, all those guys have an 18-month major release cycle. Something large comes up to the degree that it might break your existing connectors. You have to maintain these uh, actual connections. They have to run on your servers, and there's a cost of connect. And, and the biggest cost is if there's an old-school API you're connecting with, like, for example, even Google Contacts, if you want to know if there's a change in Google Contacts, there is no direct API. You literally have to pull the Google API endpoint. And that's once every five minutes per user that you have. And that cost really quickly adds up. And so you want to avoid all of this. You want to focus on what you're really unique at. You want to focus on the unique value your app brings and not to reinvent the view. And so, um, and you might end up maybe doing a poor job at the integration and might end up soaking up a lot of time. And that might not really make or break, you know, that uh, your uniqueness of the app. And we truly feel that if you're building a new company, if you're building a new startup, your value really comes from building that unique thing that you're building and let these platforms like ours handle the integrations at the back end. Yeah, and you bring up a very good point is the maintenance of it all. That's something that a lot of, especially early stage, first time startup teams just don't consider. You know, if 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 Gmail changes this and Salesforce changes this, uh, and hypothetically it happens at the same time, you may have to tell all of your users that lean on that native integration that you've built out manually, oh, by the way, this is going to break for a week. Or, or longer while my development teams combs through documents and tries to figure out how to keep up with the changes that are unfolding. And this actually happened recently. We did a podcast episode about Gmail's UI change and what happened there. And uh, Salesforce IQ is a perfect example. They simply gave up and they said, we're no longer going to support the Chrome extension inside of Gmail. Um, Gmail made it difficult for them and it just wasn't cost um uh, you know, it wasn't um, beneficial enough to sink the cost into keeping up with it. And they said, to hell with it. We're not going to support uh, the Chrome extension anymore. And that can happen to you. If you're a startup, you're not Salesforce. That could be that could be the nail in the coffin for you. If you have too many native integrations built out and you're spending too much time and money sinking costs. And for those of you who haven't been in this situation for those of you that are listening that maybe on the marketing team or what have you, um, a lot of times we see venture capital getting poured into these tech startups, into these SaaS startups, and, and we don't see a whole lot going on on the front end. And we just wonder, where is all that money going? Well, this is one of the, one of the things that takes up a ton of cost and bandwidth is just keeping up with these integrations that apps build out. And they want to build out as many as possible because that makes their app more valuable and uh, opens them up to a wider share of the market. So focus on your app, you know, don't focus on keeping up with changes to APIs. That is something you outsource. And the last thing I'll say before I hand it back to you to kind of 
close this discussion out is we are having a, a panel here in January where we're actually going to scrum out the different roles and also activities and processes that you either hire for, do yourself, or you find an agency or you find a solution, a software solution for. And one of the big ones is API integrators. And it's up for debate because there's still some reasons that you should build these out yourself. But if you were to just do a simple pros and cons. And here's what uh, we believe the costs are associated with that. And here's what it would look like in a scenario where we white labeled all of these API integrations. Here are the benefits. Here are the cons. Scrum that out and see what it looks like for your own app. I think what you'll find, especially in the scenario where you have a lot of native integrations going, it just does not make any sense anymore to build these out yourselves. Nash, we've talked about a lot. We've talked about the, the world of API integrations, the different options. Uh, we've talked about, obviously, the solution that you guys provide and the void that you fill. We've talked about citizen integrators and kind of how that role is changing and what this means to product managers and marketing teams who can now turn on and off integration. So let's go down that road real quick. Is there anything that we can touch on or talk a little bit more about where we can paint a picture for the founders and, and the startup teams out there where it's almost similar to a segment.io world where they actually uh, came in early and said, you know what, instead of having to recode this this plumbing from data point to data point, et cetera, et cetera, we just give you this simple UI and you can just toggle on and off that data flow as you need to change it or reroute it, et cetera. Maybe paint a picture for the people listening of what this could look like on a day-to-day -day practice. Right. Absolutely. And if I just uh, touch a little bit about uh, a few things I was thinking about while you were talking, uh, in our experience about we come across up to a third of APIs, which have some differences between what is actually documented versus what is actually implemented. And this could be something as simple as a field, which is um, maybe accepts a different value than is documented all the way up to an action, which is um, not behaving as it should be. And a lot of this is because the number of SaaS apps are just so aggressively and rapidly growing. And so if you are a younger company, or even if you're not a young company, you're an old company with a new product, or if you are a old company, which has just rolled out another iteration of the product. Uh, and so the, there's, it's very common for them to roll out these new API releases. We're, we typically see a lot of these maintenance uh, hell scenarios where you're trying to figure out what's going on. And so that's where you actually have to get dirty down with the code and understand, well, okay, so we've seen the documentation, what is breaking? And so that's a whole bunch of headache which we handle for you in terms of part of the maintenance part of that question. Uh, and so to your, um, to your last question, what we envision is that we want to productize the whole API connection, integration, management experience. Uh, what we want to do is, whether you're thinking about white labeling, whether you're thinking about doing it in-house, in-app, we basically want to give you a product for all of this. So I'll give you an example. One of the um, it, a trials we're working on with a large deployment is a um, in, in, hosted in your own data center, Integri, a cloud native version, so to say. And so what that does is that it's within your own application, within your own um, data center, within your own DevOps, you manage it yourself. Uh, and, and what it does is that it allows you to um, build these workflows uh, using our technology. So you have it, you're doing it within your own team. It's just using our tool set to build those integrations. 
And what that allows you to do is, is to roll out integrations really quickly. That's sort of one end of the spectrum as well. The other end is, is this very sort of simple, uh, better included integration that you can just pick and choose and just add them to your app. But also if you are uh, someone who has very unique needs and you don't exactly want um, our integration, there's a very simple process of, of sort of uh, graduating to uh, using your own code, posting it and running it within your own server. So what, what I'm saying is that um, you, can, you don't necessarily have to have one size fits all. Some integrations you just might want stock uh, off the shelf. Some of those you might want deep. Some of them you might just want to shift over to yourself because you might be doing something unique with them. And so our job is to provide you support for all of that. And that's what our product end does. I think in, in, the, in the world which I want to see in integration to that, um, you as a developer, once you write your new API, from that point onwards, all the way to connecting with the other sources. Uh, for example, if you're a CRM and you have updated your contacts API, that contact might be syncing with other contact systems inside other, uh, let's say, address books in different CRMs. So there's a whole bunch of work which has to be done uh, while you're, when you update your API and all that stuff. What we want to do is, A, we want to completely take away the engineering overheads of that. We want to make you as an app developer not worry about these changes. We want to abstract that away. What we want you to think is that, hey, this is a platform we connect to. And once we do, all of the integration scenarios are handled by the system. And the system is something you trust. It works. That is protected. It's got all that compliance, all that stuff in place. And so it's not something that you worry about over there. Um, and so for 90, 95% of your use cases, for your users, this works out really well. For those 5% users who are sort of presumers, who might even have paid Zapier accounts, who are experts in what they might do, um, for those guys, we also give a tool set. Uh, and so the key here is the users don't leave your application. They use this interface to build stuff um, using your, your own UX UI. Obviously, the users have bought your application. They already love the way you do things, right? So you want to sort of take that same experience and take that a step ahead and make an integration experience on top of that, right? So that's sort of what we envision. We want um, the people who buy your apps, who love the UX that you build, the UI that you build, we want them not to sort of have a bad experience when they have to connect your app with other apps. And lastly, with the number of apps exploding, with the whole automations coming in, uh, with all of it, your robotic process automation, all that stuff, you want it to be really easy for, for API integration to happen and that automations to take place. And so that's what we want. We want this to no longer be something which hinders app developers to connecting with other applications. I love the idea of productizing the API connections for your users. When a user goes to your website and they click on the integrations, they get to a page where there are widgets or there are icons on that page. They click on one of those icons and they get to some experience. That experience is either just an explanation of how your app natively integrates. If they're logged in, it could be a situation where they have to enter an API key, maybe do a couple drop downs and map some fields and then create the integration with Integri or with the 
this white label solution, you are able to bring in integrees integrations in a UI that is your UI. It's not going off to integree, setting it up, and then uh, connecting you to integree there. It's your users actually forming those API connections themselves in your UI, but leveraging integrees integrees um, white label solution. If I'm correct, it's almost like having your own Zapier inside of your application, correct? Yeah, that's right. So you, it's like a white label version of Zapier inside your app. Got it. And again, there's a lot of control in what you can do, uh, but it, because it's designed to be simple, it's designed to work with your UI. You can use your own HTML. You can use your own CSS. It looks just like your app. At the end of the day, it's indistinguishable for the end user to tell whether this is built by you in-house or whether this is being powered by us. So it, as far as uh, a user looking at your app, it, it just looks like your app. So talked about the UI, talked about the experience. Is there anything that we did not talk about with regards to painting this picture for the product teams out there and how they work this new type of solution? So the only thing I, I, I probably want to touch upon is in the business space, in the B2B world, and you look at all the integrators over there, our sort of view is that the number of SaaS applications is exploding really rapidly and you got a huge number of apps being added every year. Uh, and as I mentioned, like in the small business space, the number of SaaS apps being used has doubled in a couple of years. And in the enterprise space, the average apps is 1300 being used. And so um, if you are looking for a platform and you connect to that platform, um, it doesn't really make sense to charge by connector anymore. Uh, so that's our approach. We, we, In terms of pricing, in terms of the modeling out there, uh, what we do is we currently, if you look at our site, it's charging by the number of end users you might have, but we're actually moving away from that. And we're moving this towards unlimited users, unlimited connectors, um, and we just simply charge by the actual transactions, the tasks which occur on our platform. And what it allows us to do is that allows us to keep on adding connectors to uh, our platform, which means to your app. And it, it, it means that we keep on adding features and you keep benefiting from that. And as the number of apps in the world keep on growing, um, you're never restricted or you don't have to pick and choose. You're, you always have access to all of these applications. And so I think for, uh, for um, your integration strategy to be compatible with the way the world is evolving, you don't want any restrictions on who you can connect with. And a key part of this is the way we've modeled our pricing. And, and I hope that um, that's something which a lot of the users uh, and companies benefit from. Got it. Uh, so because applications in general, uh, the number of applications have doubled in recent years, number of APIs has therefore doubled the challenge for the teams that build out API connections have doubled presents the big issue. So we talked about what that means and why this solution integrate exists and what it means for product teams. So I think everybody that listened to this full episode will be very, very excited to go ahead and check it out and see if it's an ideal solution for what they need. So with regards to where you're at, can you mention where you're at with your beta? Any dates, anything that people can do right now if they go to integrate.io? Absolutely. So we're, uh, we have live customers. We have production. Uh, uh, we have actually tens of thousands of users, which are currently powered by our integrations. Uh, so if, if you have an app, if you're a B2B SaaS company, please reach out to us. Go to integrate.io. And over there, you'll find out. You can reach out to us and get in touch with us. 
in within the next month of December, hopefully before Christmas, we're also launching a self-service portal. So if you're an early company, and if you just want to try the technology out, or if you just want to play around with technology, uh, you can just go out and sign up over there. In the meanwhile, you can just reach out to us and be happy to sort of run you through the technology and you can sort of play around with what we have today. Got it. That's a great call to action. So head to integrity.io, check it out. Uh, we also, I didn't mention, but we have a complete API integrators review. It's a living sheet. So Nash and team will update it as, as they come out with new options and new uh, business features. So go ahead and uh, check that out as well. And we'll link to both integrity.io and the API connectors review in the show notes to give you an idea of how Integrity stacks up and where they are with relation to the other players in the industry. And I think you'll like what you find. Thank you so much, Nash, for being on the show. I know it's late there, so I appreciate you staying up and doing this recording with me. I think we got some very valuable content. I think everyone's going to appreciate it. So thank you very much. It was my pleasure talking to you, Alex. Have a great rest of the day. You too, sir. And we'll chat offline and I'll send you a link when this is published. Fantastic. Marketing automation discussion.